If I don't like what I do, I can't love what I become. Stephen Yates. On today's episode, I'm bringing you my interview with a gentleman who has expertise in marketing, imports, exports, and professional services. And though he has learned some tough lessons over the years in his career in business, he adds them to his supply of educational resources and warnings that he can now provide his clients. Welcome to the Stitch for Success podcast. I'm your host, Monica Allen. I'm a wife, mom, daughter, entrepreneur, author, friend, and lifelong learner. For over eight years, I was trapped in corporate America and dreamed of escaping. I took the leap over 15 years ago, retiring from corporate. With just $700 and an idea, over the years, we have grown multiple six-figure and seven-figure brands. I have mentored and employed dozens of other people along the way. The road has not been easy. I have battle wounds, bruises, and scars to prove it. And on this podcast, I share lessons learned from my failures and successes. You will also learn from other business owners who have become stitched for success as they pursue their entrepreneurial passions. My goal and hope for you is that you can learn from our mistakes and our wins and have an extremely successful business that stands the test of time. With knowledge in both the business-to-business and business-to-consumer market, my guest today is Stephen Yates. Stephen has over 20 years of marketing experience and serves as a business consultant while operating multiple businesses of his own. He enjoys helping small and medium-sized businesses market their products and services domestically and abroad. This interview took place over Zoom, so there's a little bit of buffering, and I apologize for that. But the info that Stephen shares with us is so worth it, and I just had to pass it on. Today I have with me Stephen Yates. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for joining me today. Hey there. You're so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. So, Stephen, tell me a little bit about your consulting business and how you help entrepreneurs. Okay, sure. My consulting business is called Heroes International, which stands for having everyone receive and offered excellent service. It is a, a business where I actually volunteered initially at a women's business center called the Edge Connection, which is an SBA, Small Business Administration's affiliate women's business center. If you want to, you can go to theedgegeorgia.org. You can look them up. Back in 2004, my wife actually had interest in starting her own business. She's a registered nurse and she wanted to start something, a business called Scrubs for All, selling scrubs. Nurses or people who are in the beauty business, doing hair and whatnot, you know, have them all wear scrubs. And so she decided that instead of just going and asking her husband, she wanted to learn some things on her own. And so she found the Edge Connection. So I said, hey, you know, I'm a little offended here. I can help you. <laughs> I can help you. So she said, you know, you take over stuff. No, I, I want to go to uh, to this place. This SBA is a women's business center. It's really great. I researched it. And so I said, well, if you're going to go, I'm going to go with you. I want to see what, what they're talking about. You know, what are they doing? And I was just so impressed with their information, with their classes. I didn't tell them much about my background that I, at the time I had, you know, all my own business, an import-export business. I had been a vice president of a marketing firm. But so I was almost like an undercover boss, you know, type of situation. I was just kind of auditing the class with my wife. My wife, uh, again, was a registered nurse working in a hospital. And she, she kind of got tired of working directly. 
here and wanted to come out hospital and do something was entrepreneurship, but she had already put some interview resumes in for some insurance jobs just to get out of the hospital. So midpoint in the program of her starting home business and he worked, working with her, she got a call to come work for Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And so I was surprised that she took it because I thought she was just going to stick on the, on the entrepreneurship track, but she took it. So, uh, so that's kind of started my, my, my path of, of supporting people on the consulting side was working with them as a, as a consultant. And I actually did that for free for three months. And then I was getting prepared to leave them to go back into doing my import export business and some other things. And then they asked me, I grant here, we, we need some additional help. We would love if you stick around, here's, here's some money. And, uh, and it what, you know, it wasn't a whole lot, but it was like, wow, I can't believe that I'm, they want to pay me for doing something I was just doing for free, you know, and when you can find something that you can do for free and you love doing it, everything else is just great, whatever you get for it. So I decided to stick around and they said, Hey, you got to keep working your business and we only want you two days a week. And so, uh, so that's kind of where it started. And uh, that was in 2004 and I'm still working with them today. That's nice. That's great. So you actually still have your business on one hand, and then you're working with them two days a week to help other people in their business. Absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I've grown to have three, three businesses that I'm working and I've been working with them. I I travel the world and do consulting, not only for the SBA Women's Business Center here, but I do consulting for private uh, folks that's not affiliated with the SBA uh, all all around the country, majority in in Atlanta. But, but yeah, I've, I've always continued to support the SBA and, and sometimes it's not two days a week. Sometimes it's, you know, hey, we have a class coming up in January. Can you teach a class? Or we have, uh, at, the, at the end of the class, can you give us three months consultation for those that were in the class? And so, so it's kind of changed the dynamics, but I'm still affiliated with it. Oh, that's fantastic. So tell me, being that you are, you're a consultant in your businesses for other businesses, and then you're working with the SBA. Do you see some commonalities and challenges that newer entrepreneurs have? Absolutely. The biggest is making a plan and understanding that sometimes that plan doesn't go as you made it and being able to adjust. Just like when COVID, you have these and you have a lot of companies that have are mature. Well, everybody, when no one expected COVID to come and have the type of impact on your business, whether you are a retail business selling clothes or you're selling food, you're a catering company or you're a restaurant to an IT person. It doesn't really matter. You're impacted some kind of way because whoever you're selling to is impacted by COVID and may not need as much services from you anymore, which impacts your budget. And so if you're a startup company or you're a mature company, the idea of learning to adjust your business strategies based on what's going on in the environment is important. So that's one big commonality. A lot of people don't have to deal with that very often. And so in some respects, COVID made sure that people understood that your business model has to evolve. And and I know you as a business person as well have have felt that that no matter what, every year something happens with model have to be adjusted based on seasoning needs. Seasoning needs. Some people buy more in, in the summer than they buy in the winter or whatever. So you have to be able to understand your customers and the environment. Definitely. And I think that can be so hard because so many times we, we hang on to that idea and that, that plan. So, I mean, we just grip onto it and don't want to let go, but it's pivotal to move past that. When your clients are coming to you for help 
how much of that insight do you pull like from your education versus just like your own experiences and your own business? Like, how do you help them help guide them? Like, where are you pulling from with your experience? Well, you know what? That's such a great question. I'll say that some of these businesses are so unique that in some cases it's difficult to have very specific solutions to everyone's issues. But what's similar is understanding your target market. In the case of it's, if it's saying, hey, you know, I'm trying to get more sales. Well, everyone has target markets, whether you know it or not. There is a likelihood of certain types of clients or certain types of customers that are more likely to buy at certain times. So I can certainly look at my own experiences and say, hey, when I'm focused on this particular demographic, understand not only the demographic, but the psychographic, how do they think? You know, what do my customers look like? Why do they buy? What's the purpose? Then when we look at those commonalities, then I can draw from my own personal experiences because I really don't, and I'll say this to my clients, I don't like being proper serial. I don't like giving you information based on, you know, what's read in a book, right? It's, it's, it's really those people who are current entrepreneurs, even better than those who are former entrepreneurs who are retired now because so many things are happening now. If you're a current entrepreneur, you're dealing with the same environment and situations as everybody else. And so how do you leverage your experiences to, to be able to give some guidance? And so, so I, I do certainly leverage my experiences more than the book knowledge that I've, you know, that I've attained. I do have an MBA. You know, I've, I've been working in, in business for many, many years. I actually was an engineering major. And then I went to the Air Force. And in the Air Force, I actually started working with the Thunderbird team which is an air demonstration team, but it's about marketing the Air Force. So it's kind of a business team. And so everything that we did, even if I was an engineering person, at the, at the end of doing my job, we had to go to marketing events, sign autographs and talk and whatnot, sell the team, sell the Air Force. So that became very inspirational for me so that that became a part of my experience that I can leverage for not only my own business, but also to help guide others in how they identify target markets or how they identify their processes and their strategies, how they think through things, because everything is mental. Mm. And then it's a big part that people don't really emphasize a lot, and that's the life skills. How do you build relationships through life skills? How do your life skills help your business, right? I meet people all the time. And when they give me great customer service, you know, I will compliment them. And sometimes they would say one reason why is because when they were looking for similar type service, they didn't get what they're giving. And then we can have a conversation about just mutual respect and how that mutual respect, how you treat someone, how you go above and beyond, um, how that made them attain, not only attain a customer, but get those customers to refer others. And it was because of the life skill component of their skill set, more so how great the ice cream was or how great you know, the product was, right? Because right. sometimes how you treat me makes me want to come back. Even if the, the, the product is the same as somebody else's across the street, the, 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 the difference, the, like I call the purple cow, was the relationship that I got from that. So I like to make sure that our customers realize that treating someone utilizing your experience and life skills is going to help you build your business and build your your clientele. Wow, that that is such a great point. Interestingly enough, I was an engineering major too, 
<laughs> but I changed my major <laughs> to business. But um, but yeah, that that's interesting. We have that and, in common. You know, it actually took me ten years to get a four year degree because I changed. Um, <laughs> you know, and it was it was it was a, it was a hard thing to change because I had did all the physics, I did all the chemistry, all the labs, all the things you know for the engineering program, all the all the, the classes, but. You know, I got to the point where I fell out of love with it and I fell more in love with business. And so it was either go and do something that you would rather like than do something you did. If, if I can't like what I do, I'll never love what I become. Right. right? That's, that's very true. And so a lot of people are working businesses are working on, on their degrees when they actually fell out of love with it. And, you know, yeah, it took me 10 years to get my degree, but look at me now you know i might be that i might be that uh, turtle somebody else might have been that rabbit right but right you know the, the finish line i still see and I'm, I'm smiling i'm not sweating right so uh so yeah i definitely believe that um you know you and i both changing our degrees to something that we we think we like a lot better um was better for our life oh for sure i definitely made a good choice. I mean, I, I focused on my concentration was risk management and insurance, but it was definitely that, that push that I needed to learn more about business and to be more involved in business. And, and I honestly fell in love, especially with the marketing side of things, just learning about the people that you're trying to serve. And what you mentioned about just those experiences that we have, that's one of the things that's so important to me in our business, like we will never say at 6.59 that we're closed and we don't close till <laughs> seven o'clock. Like that's one of those things that just eats me up when you go to a store, right? And so right. we, that's one of those things that we're like, we do not do that. You let people in the door, <laughs> they pay the bills. The <laughs> that's right, so, that's right. Yeah, so it's really important. Well, I have just kind of one more question and you can add more or less or tell me more about stuff that you've dealt with. But if you did have just kind of another piece of advice, especially to give to those people who are kind of side hustling, you know, they, they have their business on the side, kind of like you had the import export business, but they know in their heart that they want to at some point take that leap into doing their own thing. What piece of advice would you give to someone in that situation right now? Great question. Great question. And I, a lot of times I kind of lead off with this point I'm about to make when I'm talking to people who are in a exploring entrepreneurship mode. I'm exploring the idea. I've been test marketing this thing, even if I haven't really said I'm test marketing it, but I'm really exploring, should I really do this? My word to them is research. Number one, make sure you know your industry. What industry am I playing in? Who are the players of this industry? How can, I, how can I determine how much money is being made in this industry and how much money can be made doing what I do within the industry? What's the potential? And there's ways of finding that out. I'll give an example. If I wanted to start a catering company in Cobb County, Georgia, I can go on referenceusa.com, which is a database, referenceusa.com. Most cases, you only can get access to ReferenceUSA by going to your library. The library typically have a license because they don't give it to individuals. But I can go on Reference USA and I can put in a code for catering. And I can say, give me all the caterers in Cobb County, Georgia that you have in your database. And it may come up, let's just say a thousand caterers. 
and it may have different types of catering company. Maybe it, it may have restaurants that also offer catering, right? So they have a, a different hodgepodge of different folks. Then I can actually segment out the caterers that might be small under 10 employees or under 20 employees. I can just segment all that out because those might be my real competitors. So now when I segment mm -hmm. them out, the reference to is they tell me an estimate how much money they made last year. So now in sales, I can find these thousand caterers and how much all together did they make? So let's just say they made $5 million. Well, to me, for my market, my market is a $5 million market for Cobb County. You understand? I got a thousand mm -hmm. caterers that I segmented out. They all made $5 million all together. So now if I want to find out who made the most, right? So they can, I can, you know, I can actually pull out and download an Excel spreadsheet so I can sort it. So I can sort out who made the most, right? Who made the least. I then can say, okay, if $5 million was the amount that everyone made, what's the percentage of all these others to that 5 million? So one person may be 50%. They made, you know, a half a million dollars. Somebody else may have made a hundred thousand. So now they're going to tell me the percentages of all of the folks. I want to figure out where am I? Where do I want to be? So doing my research lets me know who do I need to catch? I can go and do the research. What are these people who are making a lot of money? What are they doing different than everybody else? Right. What are they offering? Right. So the research, if I really wanted to determine if I'm going to jump into a market, the research is your friend. Understanding who's the competition, how much money they're making. Competition is good. They teaching me how what things I should do. Right. That's market right. research. So understand who's your competition what monies they're making out there, how many people are working their business, what are they doing different, what's their purple cow? That's number one, research. Number two, what are you gonna do differently than everybody else? If I'm gonna be a caterer, am I gonna come to their house now? Am I going to also offer a cookbook or you know, offer different seasonings? I gotta make, I gotta have an attractive difference. So if I'm, if I'm looking to going into a market or do it full time, I got to say, these people do this, which is good. Here's how I'm different. And that here's how I'm different can be attractive to somebody. Maybe I'm offering catering and everything I'm doing is, is gluten-free or it's, uh, I offer napkins that are, that, are, that are green, green napkins, going green, recyclable items, right? Maybe I'm saying we want to save the earth and save the ozone layer and I'm pitching that as my difference. I got to I gotta call attention to something that's going to be attracted to somebody. What is your difference? Yeah. Find your difference than somebody else and make it something that you're passionate about. The third thing is not only understand your demographic, who you most likely want to be your customer, do a profile of what they look like. It may be individuals. It may be organizations. It might be faith-based organizations going to buy from you. It might be corporations that's gonna buy from you. It might be individuals, it might be online buyers. Figure out who are your customer groups and your customer segments that's more likely gonna buy from you. You want everybody to buy from you, but when you do your marketing and you're spending money on business cards and flyers, you're spending it to attract these people who are gonna be your target markets. So determine who they are, what do they look like? And then so that you can help you determine what target strategy, marketing strategy you're gonna use. I think that's number four. So number five is, psycho. this is going to be the last one, psychographics 
are your friends. Psychographic cycle, right? Means how do your customers think? Think. Demographics right. is how, what do they look like? How much money they make? What zip codes they live in? Something is tangible. But psychographics is how do they think? What would make them want to purchase, purchase from you, even though you might be a little bit more expensive than somebody else? Maybe that you're loyal. Maybe that you're taste better. Maybe that you show up on time. Maybe that you're, what makes them per, make a purchasing decision? What do you know about them? So understanding your psychographics of your demographic target markets will help you become successful, more likely for successful. So follow those, those five things. And that's, uh, that's what I have you. Definitely. A lot, right? Thank you so much. <laughs> no, that's, but that's all great. And it's all so true. So that's fantastic for people to be reminded of those things all the time. I have another, you actually made me think of another question as you were kind of going through that though. Just over the past few weeks, I've been thinking and talking more about mentoring and coaches. And I know that you're, you know, you're consulting and you're helping with the SBA women's program. How important do you think having a mentor or having a coach is to someone either starting a business or who is more mature in business? How important are, is having that to success? I tell you what, that's probably one of my most favorite questions or favorite points of view. I often say that Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Martina Navratilova, Venus Williams, all the sports stars, even Michael Jackson, all the rappers, they all have music coaches, piano lesson coaches. Somebody told Michael Jackson, I mean, uh, Michael Jordan, flick your wrist like this. When, you, when you're doing a, you know, you're shooting a free throw, make sure you flick your wrist or, you know, hit how you did the dribble. They all have coaches. They have talent. We all have some type of talent, some type of gift. But we need sometimes coaches to help us make sure that we hit the ball with the tennis rack better, that we swim, we have better technique in how we swim. So having a business coach is not taking away your talent. It's making sure that you use your talent wisely, that you think of things that you hadn't thought of before. And so I always tell people, tax people who are an attorney have an attorney. People who are a tax person, they have a tax person for them, right? Yeah. Who are you to say, you know what? I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to do it on my own. You can be successful. But how much more successful would you have been if you've had a business coach at the beginning and not in the middle or toward the end? Yeah, that's very true. I had, we had, that's another thing we kind of learned the hard way because in the beginning we were just kind of all in and excited and like, yeah, here we go. And you see the money coming in because you just, you know, have a great idea, but then you get to a point where you kind of plateau and it's like, right. where can we go from here? And you start, you need that help. You know, just like you said, with the sports, the athletes and the entertainers, they have a plateau too, and they need somebody to help lift them above that. And so they move to another level and reinvent themselves. So it, it's a, it's a business investment. And if you're not investing mm -hmm. in your own knowledge, because again, when you're a doctor, every so often those doctors or those nurses, they have to go back in and get trained, you know, get PIA credits or whatever. They got to get trained on the new remedies or whatever. Right. What are you investing? What are you, as a business person, what are you investing in? You know, it's, it can't just be your mistakes, right? The mistakes <laughs> I made, I just learned something, right? It can't be that, right? <laughs> right. right. That gets that's old and tiring. 
it's all tiring it's hurtful right too much emotional involved in that so yeah. I, I always tell people that when you're looking at business look at getting a coach and you are hiring a coach so you got to go through hiring slow fire fast right you still have to hire slow and make sure you have the right coach there's no perfect coach i always tell people as a coach i'm not going to tell you the best thing i'm not going to whatever i tell you is not going to be always go right i'm going to tell you what i think i'm going to be honest with you but ultimately you are the decider what george bush said you're the decider so <laughs> I can give you the information, but it's up to you to either use it or not use it because ultimately it's your business. So, right. but you're paying me for my advice. Like the president, every president have a cabinet. That president, unlike Trump, right? Thinks he knows everything about the government. <laughs> he knows everything, right? But you, the president yeah. have secretaries and they select those secretaries because they've been working in health. They select those separate secretaries because they've been working in the HUD and in, in housing department because they've been in defense. I'm not gonna hire somebody who's been a doctor and make them the, de the defense secretary, right? I'm gonna hire right. these people who have expertise in these areas, but they're not the deciders. They are the ones that they give the suggestion to the president on things they should do, but the president is the decider. So all my clients are my boss. I look at them, I say, I might have a bunch of experience, but ultimately you're the boss. You're paying me, so you're the right. boss. I'm giving you information, I'm answering your questions, I'm giving you suggestions, but you're the boss. You're going to pay me for an answer that you didn't take, but you're still going to pay me for it because you're the boss, right? And if you, right, didn't, right. if you didn't take it, if you didn't take my suggestion and it went left, I'm not going to come to you and say, you should have took my suggestion. That's not my role. <laughs> my role is right. we are at this position now. We're at this new position. Let's see how we can make your business better from this new position. Not about right. thinking about what could have happened. That's not my role, right? My role is right. to follow you wherever you go, give you suggestions. You decide to go a different route, wherever that puts you, we have a whole bunch of new scenarios now that we have to think through to get you where you want to go. That's how it works. Definitely. That's good, Stephen. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate it. And this is such great information. And I, I'm hoping that our newish, I call them newish entrepreneurs because I love talking to the side hustlers, but also those who have been in business. I, I always say around five years or less, I put them in that newish category, but thank you so much. I know they will gain some insight from all of your, your information and just all of your knowledge. Thank you for your time. You're so welcome. Anytime you want to invite me back, I'm welcome to come back. I'm willing to come back. That Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the interview with Stephen Yates today. I have put Stephen's contact information in the show notes, so feel free to reach out to him. Be sure to listen in next week as Stephen shares with us one of his most embarrassing business moments and what he learned from it. Thank you so much for listening to the Stitch for Success podcast. I'm so happy that you chose to listen today. If you have not already, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. This helps the podcast continue to grow and hopefully make a difference. If you want to continue any part of this conversation, please email me at stitchforsuccess at gmail.com. Or you can direct message me on Instagram at stitchforsuccess. I would love if you would follow me on Instagram as well. 
I post inspirational quotes and I also enjoy sharing some of the creative projects we're working on. Lastly, if you are interested in a complimentary coaching session, please visit stitchedforsuccess.com and click at the top of the page to complete the form to sign up. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great one.